0: Good morning, Mary Methodist. Today, we'll be reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 41. It says this Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel.
1: In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will pros- prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs of the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved.
0: Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by you, by God, to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did did among you through him, as you yourselves know.
1: Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, and you will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence.
0: Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God was raised, has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses to it. Exalted to the right hand of God— Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Let's pray. Father, I, I want to pray for Pastor Mike and for the sermon that you, would, that you would speak through him, and that your message would get across the screen to our ears and, and, have, and give us ears to listen to what you have to say to us today. Father, what Mike is saying, please implement and, and dig this into our hearts, this knowledge of what you're saying, and that we may, we may just bury it deep within our heart so we can apply it to our daily life every single day. In your name I pray, amen.
2: Well, good morning, uh, church. I do want to offer you a simple invitation. Uh, tomorrow night, we're having a... Uh, juice punch drive for fly as you've probably read in the newspaper or seen online um, fly has fed more people already this year by quite a bit than we fed all of last summer and one of the most expensive things we put in those lunches is the juice pouches so between 4 and 7 p.m tomorrow bring one by the east side of the church they'll be there to receive them from you now if you can't come at that time we will take them at any other time Uh, but this is the time where we'll really have Uh, a large drive and we encourage you to come on by now you already saw it but next week sunday morning we're going to be together again in real life out here in the east parking lot i hope that you'll come to that worship service it's at 8 15 Uh, we're going to sing some hymns we're going to have some time of praise and of course we're going to celebrate the sacrament of holy communion now uh, those are the things i really wanted to say to you to lead us into the preaching of the word you've heard the word read by david and caden Uh, here's your sermon for today It starts like this they're all drunk that's what it is they're all drunk you see it was pentecost morning and there were miraculous sights and sounds all around the people they saw the tongues of fire come down they heard the rushing winds and the disciples filled with the holy spirit began to speak in other languages as the spirit enabled them they were filled, which means something was outside of them, was poured into them. They were enabled, which means they were given a competence that they didn't have before, and a confidence to go do it. And what did the people of Jerusalem, who had just heard the word of God said to them in their own language, say about them? They're all drunk. But Peter, claiming now for the first time, the leadership of the church that had just been born by our beloved holy spirit stood up and said they're not drunk no people of jerusalem listen to me god is speaking to you specifically in your language through them listen and then he launches into what is known because it's true as the first christian sermon ever the first Christian sermon was fearlessly bold. Peter stands to preach to the people who murdered Jesus in the place that he, that he was murdered, right there in the city of Jerusalem, just 50 or so days prior. Now, what are Peter's qualifications to get up and, and speak? We know about Peter. Remember, he was the fisherman in the boat that when, the, when Jesus walked on the water, Jesus, uh, he saw Jesus out there, and Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And and Pete gets out, and, and Jesus says, "Come." And Pete gets out on the water, and all of a sudden, boom! He, a fisherman who can't swim. That's one of his qualifications. And another one of the qualifications of of Peter is that when Jesus tells the disciples that he must suffer and die and be humiliated and and suffer many things, Peter says, "No, Lord, let that never happen to you." And Jesus then says. Get behind me, Satan. These are the qualifications of Peter to give the first Christian sermon. And you know the story on on Maudie Thursday when, when three times Peter is asked, aren't you a disciple of his? Do you know him? He said, no, I've never known the man. So Peter did not have the best qualifications as the first Christian evangelist because he also knows something else. Understand this about Peter when he stood up to speak. It is assumed by Peter... I am going to die here today. They killed my Lord here, so they will kill me here and inside himself not words that we could hear but there's obviously this blessed spirit running through him that says the lord demands that i preach so preach i shall and peter skillfully connects the prophecies of god to the person and ministry of jesus indicting along the way the jews he fleshes it out he says joel's prophecy of the holy spirit is going to pour out on the faithful. This is what our prophets told us that the Spirit would pour out on the faithful, and today this is what you've seen. And it wasn't you; it didn't pour out on you. Now that's really bold. That's really bold for a disciple who has just seen their leader murdered. And Peter goes on; he doesn't stop there. He doesn't say na 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 boo boo. He goes on because he knows the power of this day. He said, Jesus came to call the chosen people, Israel, back to the Lord, back to the Lord who loved them and cared for them. And even though you saw the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, your response was to kill him in the most humiliating way. Crucifixion in the public square in front of all, a death that oftentimes takes several days. This is an ultra bold statement by Peter, but he goes on. He goes on to say, David, that's our rock star. We're the Jews. He's our rock star king. He's our favorite. He's the one that's above all other kings, spoke about this Jesus as his king. Now, that's like super bold. But the truth that Peter, of God that Peter speaks and the boldness with which he speaks it pierces the hearts of thousands. This is why I think that every Christian should read Acts chapter 2. Every year. And I think we should read the whole chapter, and next week we'll complete the chapter because the truth of God that Peter speaks in boldness, in which he speaks it, pierces the hearts of thousands. Anger at the indictment that he had just thrown at them is now turned. And transformed to awe. They are, as the scripture says, cut to the heart, which is to say, the very foundations of their lives, the very foundation of what they believed were, were shaking. And 3,000 of them repent, receive forgiveness, are baptized, and given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Christian church that numbers 2.3 billion people in the world today was born there and then in that very moment with just that handful of 3,000 plus people. The first Christian sermon, make no mistake about this, offers connection to the Lord. You see, Christ rose to be witnessed. He didn't rise in secret. He didn't just slip away out of that grave to leave us to wonder. Christ is resurrected to show God's word to be true, to prove to humanity that death has no grip on those connected to God. Christ was crucified to be written, Christ rose to be witnessed, and Christ was crucified that we might receive forgiveness. Now understand this. This is called the doctrine of the substitutionary atonement, which is to say Jesus becomes our substitute so that we might be at one with God. He does that by taking what we deserve. So on the cross of Christ, Jesus takes all of our sins, all of our sicknesses, all of our pains. He takes what we deserve, and therefore we can receive forgiveness because he washes our slate clean with the blood of his veins and we should be cut to the heart our foundation should shake just like the men and women of jerusalem we should be cut to the heart by his wonderful love for us that is unexplainable and beyond beyond our mental grasp so christ crucified christ rose so he would be witness christ was crucified that we may receive forgiveness and christ ascended into heaven that we might receive the gift of direct connection to god through the holy spirit There on Pentecost Day, it's in awe and gratitude that they were moved to repent of their sins. And it's in awe and gratitude we need to be moved to repent of all of our sins too. All of our sins. We too, like those men and women in Jerusalem, are to crave the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which means, you know, the complete yielding of the totality of us. We have to give ourselves completely to the Holy Spirit and then and, and then and, and now in COVID as in any other time what once we give ourselves fully to God then what well I believe that the first Christian sermon inspires us to be fearlessly bold for the Lord or at least it should anyway I mean this is powerful stuff this is a guy that's risking his life to preach this sermon because the Spirit is emboldening him and enabling him to say these words. Now, I want to give you our contextual reality. i have uh, going to describe Iowa United Methodism in, first, in three pictures. First, I want to show you a picture of stewardship. Now, the Iowa Annual Conference the United Methodist Church is all the churches in Iowa. Look at this slide in five years' time in five years time the amount of giving to churches across iowa united methodist churches has decreased 7.4 million dollars we have a problem here we have a boldness problem we have a faith problem let me show you a second slide This is the membership slide of the Iowa Annual Conference. Let me explain that to you as well. We have lost 18,000 people in the state of Iowa that called themselves Methodists in 2014. 18,000 people have ceased to be Methodists. Now, I know that some have passed and gone into the church triumphant, but some also have walked away. In five years, 18,000 people, a fairly good-sized city, have left our churches And let me show you one more picture because I think this is the most gutting of all of them, and that's the worship attendance picture. Worship attendance has dropped 9,000 human beings. 9,000 less people go to worship in Iowa this Sunday than did five years ago on this Sunday. This is a problem we need to address this so what is causing this difficult slide I, I think we have to look at this while we might say oh well those aren't the exact numbers at Marion methodist pastor mike and they're not we are not on a slide in any of those numbers but we are also not on the incline at the at, at the aggressive angle that we probably should be and what is causing this 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 abyss this this chasm of uh, uh, and this loss of people let me not be soft here because I did come by to preach the gospel. First, the thing that is causing the slide of people walking away from the church of Jesus is that the church of Jesus oftentimes shows a lack of dependency on the Holy Spirit A lack of dependency on the Holy Spirit in our generation, this is a problem. And because of that lack of dependence on the Holy Spirit, then that, that manifests itself in the fact that we have a shortage of bold disciples who will stand for Christ In every and any situation. You see, Peter's sermon there in Pentecost in Jerusalem that day, it's a call to action. It was a call to action that day, and it's a call to action 20 centuries later. Now, I know some of you watching this and some of you joining us across the internet world in the church online or here in Marion or Cedar Rapids, maybe you've been going to church for a long time and you say, Oh, Pastor Mike, man. How many calls to action are there in the scripture? How many calls to action do you think I've heard in my life as a Christian? And I would say in scriptures, there are many, there are many calls to action. As a matter of fact, the whole book is a call to action, but most of them boil down to the singular thing of sharing the, sharing the Lord that loves you and that you love with the world around you in a variety of different ways that's the call to action and so here we are as we look at the first christian sermon being called to be bold for the lord to to not back up when when we hear peter say save yourselves from this corrupt generation what he is saying is in his own time then and there it was a sin and self-filled culture people thought about what they wanted from them for themselves and they did what they wanted from themselves even though they knew there was some shame in that does that sound familiar sister and brethren because now i don't see much difference that that we are still living in a sin and a self-filled culture it's a me 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 thing and what when it says save yourselves from this generation it means to some real in some real and deep ways that we have to do some real inflection introspection and say how do i step away from this stream i need to step away from this stream not not because the people in it are evil but the whole thing is corrupt because it's going towards a sin-soaked self-satisfying self-filling culture and that is not what god calls us to So I I, I come here to advance a very simplistic historic idea. The church, in being bold for the Lord, needs to reclaim evangelicalism from those to whom it does not belong. See, what I mean is, when you are watching television or getting your news on social media or clicking through Twitter or whatever, you will hear evangelical defined in a political terms the word evangelical is not a political term nor does it fit a whole group of people that feel a certain way evangelism is the simplistic spreading of the christian gospel by public preaching and personal witnesses and i'm here to call you to that and i know that you know because i've been a methodist for a long time and you can see the graph we've been bad at evangelism we've been Terrible at evangelism. We are seven steps beyond what that is at evangelism. And yet the Lord still loves people the same. And you might say, well, yeah, but, but that's kind of off-pitting. I, I don't want to evangelize someone and I say, stop, hold on. Were you not to take that reminder and you're participating in it, it's more likely camp counselor, mom, dad, Sunday school Yourself. teacher, church body, Evangelized favorite human being, and you don't think that's a terrible thing. As a matter of fact, you think it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing that you know the love of God for you, and you've been able to love Him back. Evangelism. And I want to tell you this, why I preach this so firmly today, because evangelism cannot be left to the professionals. Those graphs I showed you are the results of leaving it to the professionals. We're terrible at it it's much better to have personal conversations that is how we win people to christ so be bold for the lord our moment is upon us to be unashamedly christian unapologetically bold in our witness you know we put that covenant prayer in front of you at the beginning of this series we, we mailed it to your home we gave it to you as an asset Um, Because we we really pray and desire for it to become an asset in becoming what you were born to be And that is the church I hope you know, I I carry mine in my book I I work it over all the time And and we're praying that and that's why we send you these and if you lost yours We we can give it to you via email or you can look it up the wesleyan prayer and the covenant uh, the wesleyan covenant prayer, but work it over let yourself become it Let yourself become in covenant prayer. You know, when you're in covenant, you say with God, I am no longer my own, but yours. Which is, you know, a really simplistic way of saying, God, I agree with the assignment. I agree with the assignment that Lord Jesus Christ gave us. I agree with the assignment the Apostle Peter gave us. I agree with the assignment that the transformation of the world is my role through the making of new disciples. And when, and when we say, I am no longer my own, but yours, we release ourselves from our insecurities. Some of us are not good at relating what we know about Christ. But when we release ourselves from, from our insecurities, when we release ourselves from our lack of ability to be effective, which the disciples, by the way, had none of, and we We turn ourselves completely and trust over to god's use then god will qualify us you understand this when you look at the 11 disciples in 12 when you add matthias they were called not qualified they were qualified by the holy spirit that day at pentecost so we say i am no longer my own but yours is an agreement with the assignment and an affiliation with the lord jesus christ in it secondly we say put me to what you will place me with whom you will We have to stop in the city and the countryside in which we live and absolutely look deeply into the brokenness of our people, the people in Marion, Cedar Rapids, Hiawatha, Robbins, Cog, and Anamosa, wherever you live. We need to see the brokenness in our people, and we need to see it in light of the healing power of the Holy Spirit. That God freely allows to flow on to people. And we need to fearlessly engage and care for those that God put right beside us. Every day in cubicles, every day in dining places, every day even in our own family or just across the backyard, God puts people right beside us. We need to trust God in the geography and the competency. We need to trust God to put us in the right place and to give us the right things to say. I don't believe there's any coincidences in the life of God, there are many God incidences. But I believe that God puts us with whom we are to be with and he gives us that which we are to communicate in real and different ways. Sometimes that's by helping a guy build a wall and just talking to him about the way you love the Lord or how your church is so awesome. Sometimes it's just in answering questions about what people think about life after death and those sort of of things. And make sure that you're winsome in your personality and your vocabulary. We're sent to persuade people to Christ in loving and and fruitful ways, not to pummel them into Christ. I believe at the end of your lives, one of the most beautiful things is for you to meet Jesus and for the Lord Jesus to uh, tell you, you know, uh, it might be a while, but there are seven people (laughs) that are going to join my eternity because of what you did and said. I believe you can win one. I can believe you can win way more than one. And Lord Jesus Christ empowers you if you receive the Holy Spirit and simply allow yourself to be put in the places that he would have you put. And that that covenant prayer kind of ends with this, I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service giving ourselves fully to to the greatest mission in the human in in the history of the cosmos that that's what we're supposed to do you know we can make it really hard but that's the mission god has us on the most important mission in the history of the cosmos think about this what could god do through a few of us who freely and fully surrender to his glory and service when 12 people fully surrendered to God's glory and service it became today a movement of 2.3 billion people what would happen if a few of us what would happen if a hundred Marion Methodists? what would happen if all 2300 of us that call Marian Methodist home became witnesses to the Lord would a second Pentecost come around would there be a new great awakening would the whole country and community be transformed for Christ I don't know I do not know. But for God's sake, let's find out. Lord God, remove our fears. So many of us for a long time have desired a Christian city, a more faithful country. We've longed for it. We've yearned for it. We've yearned for your way to become a part of our culture, and yet we have been extremely reluctant to allow you to use us for such a purpose. God, we want your way here on earth, and yet we hesitate to let go of our way. Father, your example, Peter, one who clung to his way for so long and found it lacking, convicting, and even shameful after many trials before he allowed you to use him for your purpose of saving a corrupt generation, and yet through him you did. Today it's our turn, Lord. Our lives are under our control, have not transformed the world, We have been found lacking. We have been found to be convicted and sometimes even shameful. I appeal to you this day, Lord, bestow a spirit of boldness upon each individual and on this specific and particular church. Grant us the willingness to open ourselves in such a way that your spirit might flow into us and qualify us for the work that you need done in our city, in our town, in the people you would have us be with. Let us be the instruments through which the signs and wonders and miracles pour down here and throughout this community, that that great day, when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess on heaven and earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God might come true. We desire that day. We desire it here. We yearn for it. We pain for it. God help us. Amen. The scripture says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and make, your, your, make good your vows to the Lord Most High. So let's take a moment now, whether you're at home or somewhere else, and prayerfully dedicate your offerings uh, to the ministry of this church.